Welcome to the 19th episode of the Animal Riot Podcast, brought to you by Animal Riot Press, a literary press for books that matter. It's your producer, Katie, here, and this episode has been edited to reflect our new name. If you're new to the Animal Riot community, welcome, and you can find out more about us at AnimalRiotPress.com. Now on to the episode with your hosts, Brian Birnbaum, and today's guests, Bud Smith and Devin Kelly. I'm your host, Brian Birnbaum. We're here today with Devin Kelly, known amongst the known as the OR, the original rabbit, a fantastic writer of both prose and he's got a full full length book of poems, Blood on Blood with Unknown Press, right? Is that correct? Yeah. That's the one with Unknown. And you have, do you have one with CCM? That, yep. Is that the one you did with Bud? The Blood on Blood is the actually the, is the one I did with Bud. With, oh, okay. okay. It's, right, so it's on the table. It's on the table right now. Okay, Bud's cool. looking at it. Great, great. <laughs> Uh, uh, it looks so good. You're not allowed to talk yet, bud, because I haven't introduced you. You don't exist yet. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, Blood on Blood, Unknown Press, uh, and he's written other things of a quality that supersedes the ever-shifting bar of literary expectation, I guess. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. great. Okay, great. We're also very fortunate to have Bud Smith coming all the way across the Hudson. Bud is the author of Teenager, Double Bird, and Work. Work is the only one on your site that I found, though. Oh, the hell's site? up with that? I have a site? You have yeah. a site, man. I was trying to delete that. I guess I didn't, I guess I didn't click <laughs> all the buttons up, right. Man. I found you. That's why you're here. Okay. Uh, and he's written a bunch of other shit that's also really good. He's got a great newsletter, too. Bud works heavy construction and destroying chemical plants, refineries, and generating stations. Yes. That's an incredible set of work that falls under the yeah. uh, the purview of work. Okay, but more than anything, Bud is a super chill dude and any b- enemy of Bud's is a necessarily unhealthy person with a twisted outlook on life. <laughs> okay, so I'm all, uh, the last thing I'll say to introduce you is I found, so you don't even know that your site exists. Do you know that a quote from Scott McClanahan exists about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, you know the quote. so, this, quote, yeah. so Scott yeah. McClanahan wrote uh, Crapalacha, which is like, uh-huh. One of the fucking greatest books I've ever read. It's an but uh, book, yeah. yeah, so good. Uh, Devin told me about that book. Of of Bud, Scott says, Bud Smith is one of the only writers I don't mind hanging out with in real life. I've seen <laughs> Bud sober and I've seen Bud drunk. He's great either way. That's fucking perfect. Pretty true. Okay. All right. I'm I'm almost done here. This episode's brand of fuckery is brought to you by, you guessed it, a new research chemical, a draphanil, which I've consumed today. Adrafinil is a pro-drug for modafinil, meaning your body converts it from the former into the latter in your liver and is, you know, what is it? I don't what know. did it's it like a, what did it's it like a, it's like a stimulant that's like a rung below Adderall, I guess. Uh, I was going to ask what it did to you yeah. today. It made me focus. Okay. Yeah. I liked it. Focus is good. Yeah. It's just like a legal thing you can just buy. Yeah, somewhere. you can buy it. Like it's like a, like on Nootropics Depot. I shouldn't be pumping this shit. The, the Nootropics community is going to come they're gonna come for me yeah. speaking of which speaking of whacking the first thing we're gonna talk about let's let's <laughs> talk let's talk about a story that has nothing to do with your writing okay but uh yeah all right what do you want what do you want to know yeah what is who, who's this dude's name he was he was a, a crime boss mayor yeah the other day i um i went and visited the uh, grave of frank Hague, who is the guy Hague? who built hague h-a-g-u-e yeah 
I say Hague. Okay, yeah. Like no, the, like, like Hague. No, Hague is right. I was just trying to get the spelling right. Yeah, H- so he was he was a peacemaker and then a mob boss. Well, I'm not gonna say he wasn't a mob boss. No, no, he was I'm the just, mayor. He no. was the uh, he was the mayor of Jersey City. I think he got elected like 1909 or something like that. Oh, he's old. By the time, uh, like, like Boardwalk Empire times. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Know, I think there's a days. character on Boardwalk Empire. Uh, that's him. Okay, it's <laughs> perfect, him. perfect. But he's um, all of them. <laughs> yeah, he 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 became the mayor, and he and you know he drew like a really low salary, but he died with like nine million dollars in the bank. Or something. <laughs> he was taking just so many bribes and kickbacks. Nah, man, and, he invested wisely, <laughs> and he he ran all the he ran all the gambling, like all all the numbers that were ran out of Jersey City. He he ran all that stuff. So there's like a few few really great books uh, about him and uh, what he's done. But anyway, my building is called The Hag. He built it in 1919. And yeah, I don't know. He's just he's just like this looming figure around Jersey City. If you live there long enough, you go, I'll, like, I'll go to the public library and I'll go walk to the bathroom and it'll just be like a cryptic oil painting of Frank Hag. Like right Frank next to the- Hag. I'm literally just going to look up. Is, is he, Empire. he's in your I think he is in it but he's there's a is there a plaque for him in the place you live now yeah yeah there's that's a, why you there's there's a picture when you walk in yeah yeah I've oh seen yeah it. Looks he's like in Borderstown bus like he's in the baseball hall of fame yeah he's he, he is he, he's no. standing there looking really really <laughs> ominous yeah. the end of that. <laughs> he's standing there looking really <laughs> ominous and the uh <clears throat> the, the, the little tagline underneath him is "I am the law." Oh, <laughs> oh. And that's oh in your apartment building. Yeah, yeah, because he used to scream that at like political <laughs> rallies of, of dude. My blood is <laughs> back in the '30s. I love it. And uh, when um, when FDR got elected, he, you know, a lot of the votes, the East Coast votes, were were delivered. Uh, Frank Hag had something to do with that, and uh, he got a huge kickback from the uh, government. He built this giant ass hospital right down the oh, uh, right down him. the street from where we live. Okay, yeah. so yeah. rinse the, the block ward. and build yeah. it. You know, yeah. that's the Kendrick Lamar way. I love yeah. it. I mean, so I, he uh, he is. Keep talking about. Yeah. He is on Boardwalk Empire. No way. He is. He, yeah. He's played by Chris Mulkey. Mm-hmm. Sure. Not really familiar, but yeah, I, I didn't remember. I've, I watched that show like five years ago or something. So yeah, yeah, he's an interesting, really interesting guy. I had a great uncle who was a priest. Have I told you this? Right by where you live now. I think so. Yeah. At a, at a church, Saint Aloysius Church in Jersey City. Yeah, I think that one is one of the giant ones. Yeah, it's, it's very big. I used to yeah. go. Vi- I used to go stay there um, to visit him. What, like he, the seminary house or something? Yeah, because he was ostensibly like he was my dad's uncle, but he my my grandfather on my dad's side died when I was young, and so he was sort of like a, a weird. Not he was he's not awesome. Weird, yeah. he's he was awesome. a he's a he's great awesome, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was an awesome grandfather. Was he was he mobbed up? <laughs> I don't know, but it was like my my only conception of Jersey City, where where Bud lives now, was when I was very little. And we would go visit my great uncle before going to uh, catch a Yankees game. Mm. We'd do like a weekend up from DC. Oh yeah, yeah. And DC. we would stay at the seminary on like a Friday night. We'd drive up Friday night and we'd get pizza in Jersey City at this place that had like a Pac-Man arcade thing and those orange sort of like lacquer booths, you know, the pizza parlor kind of booths. Okay. And my great uncle would walk with us, and he had a he had like a derby hat, and he would wear the the collar. And he was like like a, the ascot, like the the scarf collar. No, or, no, no. He, he mean had like the, the, cloth, the priest, like the priest the, collar, the, 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 the priest black collar with the okay. white, the square, the square, tracks the square of yeah. white. <laughs> and he he would he was just he was like a six foot tall, very thin man. People in the like we would pass people in the street, and they would say, like, "Hi, Father Kelly, how are you?" As a kid, I loved that. I yeah. thought it was the coolest thing. Yeah. And it then, is yeah. cool. Yeah, and he cool. would like do a little sign of the cross sometimes. It was badass. He's like, he's <laughs> like, yeah, he's channeling God. Man. Yeah. That's serious. That's awesome. So, yeah, is any of that culture still involved in like construction? 
Like, do you see it at all? Oh, mob stuff? Yeah. No. It's pretty much gone. Yeah. Mob stuff is gone. Mob stuff seems like it was, uh, it disappeared with, uh, as soon as the internet really came around. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. To me. Doesn't see, you know, it's, I, and I don't know anybody who has to do, like, who owns a store who gives kickbacks anymore or any of that stuff. There, I don't, I've never seen any, like, muscling being done or anything. It seems like it's long gone. Yeah. 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 I think, like, up here in Harlem, there are definitely, like, bodegas that I'm like, you guys wouldn't be here if you guys weren't fronting something, you know? But that's all speculation. Well, you know drugs what I mean? or whatever, you know, that's... They're everywhere, right? Yeah, but it's yeah, not yeah. like some centralized, like, five-family yeah. shit anymore. Uh, you who know? knows? But it yeah. doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem uh, to me. I've never came across that. Yeah. I ever really live in, um, in New York or in Jersey City, yeah. whether I'm just uh, blind to it or whatever, but... Yeah, bummer. Yeah. Well, New York City is also like... It's like a city of people doing what they need to do to do the... To live... Yeah, and so like you'll see, I th- like I, I I find it fascinating in New York City. This has nothing to do with books. Everything, everything but uh, all, yeah, maybe. Right. Uh, but uh, I find it fascinating in New York City how everything has like a, how there's a subculture underneath everything, and so, you know, um, like the there are just cultures that you don't understand that are happening underneath your feet in New York City that allow people you might not see every day to like get a job or to. Uh, own their restaurant or to run their bodega yeah yeah i I think that's like really interesting i know as i get older like i realize how much money is on the black market like not just like like you i knew it like abstractly before but now it's like i i I feel like i can see it more i can like recognize it more you know sure that's super interesting but anyway so bud how did you become a writer when how i don't know i just i used to do a lot i used to do a lot more things i used to when i was a little kid i wrote and i like to draw and then as i got a little older i like still like to write and draw and then you know play sports and then you know got a little older and i'm doing all those things and started to play what'd you, music what'd you play? what sports did you play little kid sports <laughs> <laughs> t-ball yeah all the little kid sports all the killer t-ball ones. player yeah and uh i just kept doing things and and gaining different things i did and uh by the time I was twenty, I started to whittle. I started to whittle down the things I, I was doing to, mm-hmm. you know, gave up on this, gave up on that. And yep. so by the time I was about thirty, I'd given up on everything but writing pretty much. <laughs> and it's was either just, this um, or you know, it was just focused <laughs> primarily on the thing I like to do the best. So uh, I pretty much have always done it since I was a kid, but have just got more serious into it and gave up other things I, I didn't enjoy as much up until mm-hmm. the time I was about thirty. Yeah. One of the cool no, one of the coolest things about you is like like the subverting the idea that to be like a serious writer you have to be like a ser- like a serious person or like oh, or yeah. like you know there's you know a lot of you know a lot of people say that thing where it's like I take my work seriously but not myself but yeah. like you know and that can be kind of cliche but also just like the way you approach it too you're just not I remember when we first met, like you would always kind of like make like poke fun of me a little bit about how cerebral I was and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I always wanted a little bit of what you had, you know, just uh-huh. like, and I think I have like over the years, I think I've yeah. like come into it more. It's just like, oh, I'm sitting yeah. on the train. I got an idea. I'm just going to write some shit down, you know? Yeah. Well, we all change, you know, I probably have become more cerebral since those days and you've become less <laughs> cerebral. <laughs> it really, you know, it really doesn't matter how, well, how you have, but you definitely have. <laughs> I think I have. Yeah. I think Cerebral I have. kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Like lost, lost in my deeper thoughts. <laughs> What's been getting to you, man? What's going on? You want to talk about it? <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I, I, it, se- it, seems, it seems hard to accumulate 
problems that are big enough to take seriously even uh, as like a, a person alive right now. I'm just like, yeah, everything seems terrible. I still don't kind of give a fuck. Mm-hmm. So It's good. It's yeah, a good attitude yeah. to go about. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. not really. Yeah. I'm <laughs> trying to, like, I, when Brian was talking about about you and, and your writing and, and well when you were talking about the, the being 20 and the things and I was thinking uh-huh. about you uh, used to build pools right yeah and yeah. then I was, I was thinking about like I, isn't there a scene in F-250 uh-huh. yep. where uh, the character is like is he like is he like uh, throwing garbage out outside of college Oh, a, oh yeah, yeah. Was, right. He was cleaning out a pond. He's cleaning out a pond outside of college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dra- draining it out and, and cleaning all the yeah. The muck I don't know. I just thought out. about that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, and like you, all the college students are coming yeah. by and like you know, they don't. You, yeah, you're like an animal in the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to have to do that. Uh, well, I didn't have to. That was my job. Uh, I built. I used the to pools build, or the pond. Both. Oh, because you'd have to clean out something to. Yeah, so sometimes you'd have to, you know, you would. I did that job as a really creative, great job. It's the first creative job I ever had, um, where I would I would go to someone's house with boulders and stone, and I would build a waterfall on the edge of their pool. That was great. It was awesome. <laughs> Holy shit! You might have built you might have built my parents' pool when I, I was a kid. Yeah, I probably did. You build probably your did. Pool. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the, you know, I worked for these people sometimes who would send me out to build these waterfalls, but then they would get. Like maintenance on uh, cleaning out people's ponds for closing them for the season, open them for the spring, and you'd have to drain it down with a pump, clean all the shit out of yeah. it, and then fill it back up with clean water. It was disgusting. Yeah, but it's I mean, standing water. Yeah, yeah, it, but it was just kind of one of those things. Like, it was disgusting and terrible, but I did that because I really loved to build the waterfalls. I'd like to build the ponds. It uh-huh. was like the best creative, the most money I can make doing creative work. At the time, you know, you kind of suffered doing the doing the humiliating the humiliating work to be able to do the the creative the creative side of it. So, and I still feel that that's that happens in my life today. Yeah. But, but you throw a party at the end of it. Right? You throw a party, yeah. Yeah. When I would do my well, own like when I would party? do my own side jobs, I would uh, I would go to someone's house <laughs> and I would get I would get them to to give me money to do the pool. But I would I would let them know I would say, well, the people I have come work with me are just. Because they they would know it was like a side job. They were, they were paying less than if they got a real company to sure, do it. So sure. they'd get me to do it. And I would say, well, you're gonna have it's gonna look like you're having a party in your backyard <laughs> uh-huh. because my friends all come here and they they all help build the thing. Uh-huh. Bid into the uh, into the bid was always worked in a keg of beer. So I would have a keg of beer there, and me and my friends would just drink beer all in day. In the contract. Well, that was like it was. I had to let I would let them know up front. I said, there's gonna be a keg of beer here. There's gonna be a, sh- a lot of people here. Yeah, helping build this thing. So it's gonna look like a party. And mm-hmm. then they were always just like, try, you know, anybody who's getting a pond built in their yard is some, <laughs> even if they have money, is a little bit of a, of a hippie weirdo. You, know? <laughs> you can work on Wall Street and, and look like you're uptight, but as soon as I say there's going to be a party in your backyard, they're like, it's cool, man, whatever you need to do. And it, was, it always was, you know. I probably, did, uh, I probably did like 12 of them like that. And it was always great. You know, you take... Take 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 a part of the fence out. Drive the pickup truck in the backyard. Unload unload everything, and it would just look like mayhem. It is a party. It was a party. It is a yeah. party. It's a building party for like uh, Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday, and then usually it was done. And That's it was, a damn. It was, it was pretty cool. Friday night, Saturday. Would you stay? Would you work through the night? You definitely didn't build well, Friday, evening. <laughs> Friday evening. Friday evening. Not Friday evening. Go home. 
Come yeah. back Saturday. Let's come back Saturday. Come back Sunday. Leave the keg. But there. a pond with a waterfall, or is just this, or, or sometimes they were separate. Yeah, well, a pond and a waterfall really doesn't take much more than three days to build it. Yeah. Okay. A waterfall and a swimming pool, same thing. Maybe three days. Do you yeah. find Do you find that doing like, you know, obviously you're doing the the planning for some, a lot of this shit, right? You're not. I just, used to. This was this to. was like. Uh, seventeen years ago. So are you ma- are you mainly doing like manual labor at this point still? Or yeah, you- that's all I was doing. Yeah, I was. I was yeah. only, it was manual labor. I mean, it's it's uh, you know, as non labor as using your mind to build something that looked good. Right, right. I mean that, that there wasn't you know you never, there was no tools involved. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even have a level. I had a shovel, a wheelbarrow. And I just think like a lot of writers it. are like you know they talk about their day jobs like oh fuck I come home and I'm like soul sucked you know I have no creative energy do you like do you think working manually like prevents that from happening or even might like fuel your you know because like I don't know you get some endorphins worked up or something or whatever you know instead of sitting there all day in front of a screen you know I what don't I mean? know usually usually uh, the people who you hear complain about their jobs they're just, it's like the squeaky wheel you know you just hear them complaining there's there's <laughs> Their soul is sucked out. The people who love their jobs, they never talk about it. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what it you're is. You're not just sitting around like yeah. talking to someone. I love my job. Okay. People, like, they're very happy. They don't. They just go about the business. Plus, there's like, yeah. a, there's like a social stigma to getting in everyone's face and telling them how great your life is. Yeah. So it's fine to sit yeah. there. And Unless say, you're on Facebook. That's, you know, that's where it's socially acceptable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, generally speaking, I don't think there's that there is as many people who, who really, really hate their jobs uh, as, as we think there are. I mean, you know, probably half the population has the power just to go get a different job. You know what I mean? So if you don't like what you do, you can go yeah. do something else. We'll fact check that. Fa- Katie, our yeah, producers. Right. Sorry, fact check that. <laughs> well, half the population in this room. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I'm not speaking for underprivileged people. I, half, <laughs> half the population of uh, you know the, the five of us in this room. Yeah, us, us fuckers. Devin, do you hate your job? <laughs> I love to teach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. No, I love to teach, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I wish that everyone uh, who loves to teach can find a place where uh, their love for yeah, te- their love, love teach. their love for teaching is also uh, I tell you what loved. Though, that, that's that's the worst part when, when you see people who really hate teaching and, yes. they, and they talk about how terror and they, they they talk shit about their students on social mm-hmm. media and that you know these uh, hey, that sounds the, real counterintuitive the, the, it happens these, a lot these, these little these little fake plays that they put up on Twitter where it'll be like my you student know, said this. Look what this asshole said. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a little yeah. thing or like a little skit. It's yeah. like, why the fuck are you teaching? Yeah. Damn, I actually don't. Maybe all of the people I, that I I'm mean, I, fo- with I follow a lot of teachers. I don't. I yeah, wouldn't that say that. I it. wouldn't say that a lot of teachers do that, but I, I would say that it it happens more often than you think. Yeah. And I mean, I, just as half the population in the world can get a better job. No, well, but well, half, half, the, the, half the people in this room, yes. if they but, were no, teachers, but I will say, I will say, I, I will say that I, I think a, a large number of people who teach should not be teaching. Yeah, and I'll, I think that that it's it's a weird it's a weird profession because you don't have to go through as many depending because of the rise of like, well, like in higher ed, you need a you need a book and a, a grad degree, uh-huh. and and for a charter school, you you need an undergrad degree. Like you, for a lot of places, you don't need that much to teach. It's not like being a doctor where you have to go through yeah. fucking years of med school. Or be, I don't be think a it's a coincidence that like I yeah. feel the same way about being a parent. Yeah, and I, you don't well, need any. You don't need to yeah, go to any school sure. to be a parent. <laughs> oh, and by the way, when I when I was saying before about um get get a I think you said get a better job. I I, I don't even feel that. I feel like. 
uh, a job more suited for you. Yeah. yeah. Probably yeah. most of the time. Paid less. Like paying whatever. less. Yeah, yeah. And, and socially lower on the ladder, but totally. you, you have a better life. Like, totally. uh, you know, I joke around a lot of people uh, just saying, especially if I go to talk to a group of students about creative writing and, and, and at a college and they're, they're just excited and then you know they they want to they want to talk to the guy who works construction and how do you write and work construction and and oh you know my teachers uh, I'm in I'm in academia I'm gearing up towards to get in academia and I just say well you know you you, you should get a job digging graves because you'll you'll probably make more money than especially adjuncts yeah like, go work in a cemetery yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like it's. I feel like people have got to be getting dig, rid of you know, the illusion that like teachings like dig the, graves like piecemeal. Way. Yeah, get paid yeah. per grave. Because like you're not, yeah, you're not gonna get like especially trying to get tenure or something. Otherwise, you're making yeah. a couple thousand dollars. Bust your a ass, swing that pickaxe, get down yeah. there in that hole, yeah. shovel faster. You yeah. know? And that's why I asked you though, because like I feel like manual labor is so much. Because like I don't know, I just feel like it's less soul sucking. Like, uh, but I do agree with you. It's like if it, you, could, if it depends you, if, who you are, right? Like it depends yeah. who you are. That's all. That's yeah. all it comes down to. Of course, you know. Believe me, for plenty of people, it's soul sucking to do anything. You just gotta find what you want to do. Which good luck. Yeah, it's tough. Becoming more self aware. That's that's pretty tough to figure out what you know who you actually are, what you actually like, what you actually don't like. Mm-hmm. Probably not gonna figure that out until you're in your seventies, and then you know you got about. And then you got like a five year, years. five. Yeah, well, year if you're me, two, you're, you're already done. Yeah. You're, you're, you've. You've, you've been dead for 10 years by the time you're 10, 15 years, yeah, it's over. But you figured it out. Yeah. But you, you got up it. there in heaven. Yeah, I, know, you, you know, I finally know what yeah, I like up there in heaven. No, yeah. no, that's why I ended it early. I just, it's like figured ah, it out. this was it. I got here. Yeah. One thing I'm really interested in hearing about um, is you got you got a book coming out, Tyrant. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. And I actually submitted to Tyrant. Um, Teenager. Teenager. Teenagers, uh-huh. the title. Teenagers, so it's called. Teenagers, yep. title. But let's. I want to. I want to talk a little bit about the book and what it is. But uh, also, okay. I'm just curious because, like, I think Giancarlo is such an interesting dude, mm-hmm. and yeah. like, I think he's so polarizing. But like, from my experience with my brief experience with him, and like, you know, like what I hear about him, I think he's all. He sounds awesome to me. Yeah, but, he's uh, great. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So what's what's the book and like what's it been like working with him and stuff like that? Well, working with uh, Gian has been great. He's just he's like all the guys I know in real life. You know. He, the guys I work with, you, know, you just talk to him and get a straight answer about things. Mm-hmm. He just seems he just seems to just just to say what uh, what he's what he's going to say, and it, it's it's great. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And work with him as an editor has been really wonderful too, because he's so relaxed. Which Never, I think is like not some like the people that might fall on the other side of like not you know preferring him or whatever. Like I f- like I feel like they have an opposite conception of him. Well, it's like that's not the case, right? Yeah, I don't. I can't speak for anybody else. Uh, I don't yeah. even know. I, I'm kind of just going off Twitter fights. You I, know what I mean? Yeah, who knows with that stuff? <laughs> like, I don't have direct experience. Yeah. I thought my 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 uh, interactions with him were, were great, and like, yeah, no, and also great. just the things I've heard about him. He he kind of seems like a hedonist, and I'm a hedonist too. So <laughs> yeah, I don't even know about that. He just he's just he's just a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, a hedonist, or I wouldn't even call you a hedonist. You just, oh, I'm you're definitely. just a good guy. You think so? I don't think hedonist is bad. No, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think being a hedonist is okay. Yeah. It's like, you know, as long as you take, take it too far. But Who are some know. other hedonists? Uh, the like world? Michael oh, Douglas, maybe? So many of us. The hedonists of the world? <laughs> Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Yeah, he's a hedonist. Oh, okay. Hedonist well, is, uh, is, ple- is pleasure above all else, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's like the, it's the oh, pursuit, yeah. it's no, constant I wouldn't, pursuit I wouldn't of pleasure. Say, I wouldn't say that... Uh, I wouldn't say that anybody is really too much like that in real life. Maybe you are. I am. You are the, the guy in a. It's relative. It's relative. Like the, I. Uh, have you read The Stranger by Camus? Yeah. 
I think the guy in The Stranger is kind of hedonistic. Is he? He just I, likes he likes the sun time. a lot. It's beautiful. And like he... <laughs> oh, if you like the sun, you're he. Yeah, I almost feel like <laughs> that's more like sun, naturalist. Yeah. That's close to like thorough. No, some I mean, shit. Like you know, sun makes him do things. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He has he has a strong reaction. The sun, to I the think, sun. is why he he kills somebody. And this kills an Arab. Yeah, which is yeah. hedonistic. <laughs> I take, what, I, I take it back. That's what we'll call it from now on. Yeah. No, but Gion's great. It's it was really great work with him. He's the editing. It was really chill and just I don't know. It's nice. It's nice to um, to work with somebody who's not worried about something going too far. Instead, you get yeah. You know, you get edits back or hey, why don't we go a little farther with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is that's cool. contrary to my experience mm-hmm. with most editing up to now. But, Are you um, still writing the book? Yeah, we're still doing the edits. We've been editing it really, really slow. I think I gave him, I gave him my last round of edits sometime around Christmas. Uh, we haven't really gotten back. I'm expecting a FedEx package of the uh, the, the the edit he sent it from oh, Italy. Oh, I love it. Fuck track changes. I love it. Yeah, no, we're not That's doing awesome. track changes. So he's yeah. going to send the manuscript marked up. Yeah. Wow. We're going to do another round That's of edits, great. and then we're going to get together again, mm-hmm. go out to dinner and talk about it, and I'll give him the next round. Because he's here in New York. I know he goes to he goes back to Italy sometimes, right? He lives in Italy. Oh, he lives, he in, lives Italy? in Italy and he visits. Okay. okay. I have the other way around. Yeah, cool. he visits. So, what, so teenager, is it is it memoir about your adolescence? or, or No, is it? uh, it's, or no it's teenager is a straight different. novel. It's, it's about a... Um, it's about it's a love story. It's about a um, a boy and a girl fall in love. He gets her pregnant. Right when she gets pregnant, he gets sent to juvenile detention because he's he's gonna blow up. He's gonna blow the school up. Ooh. And when he gets out, she's had an abortion. Uh, her family has pushed for her to get an abortion. They were staunch Catholics. They left the church. Yeah, yeah. Pushed for her to get an abortion wow. all at the same time, and she's being sent on an airplane coincidentally to Italy. So he wow. sh- he shows up right as she's about to be sent away forever, gone, and he's got uh, in the in the opening page of the book he has he has a gun in his pocket, uh-huh. and he goes to visit the mother and father to talk talk to them and uh, try to resolve all of this. Try to resolve, and that's where that's where it pocket. starts up. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a love story and it's um, it's a pinball game all across America. Damn, that Top, sounds awesome. Cops and robbers and. Is it is it funny like your other stuff? It's well, that, it's like my other stuff. I was yeah. gonna say it reminds me of that like it, what was that book? Uh, the, the slim. I'm from Electric Peak. Yeah, this grew out of that. Yeah, because I was gonna uh, say that, that was like a that's a Bonnie and Clyde esque kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah. grew out of that. I'm from Electric Peak. Never came out. Yeah, I know. I've got, I've you, got a rare. I've got a you rare. Read, you read it. You have. A, yeah, I read it when it when it came out briefly in the never stage. Yeah, it never got <laughs> I have released. A, I, I have a copy. I have a pre-release. You have a, you have a pre-release yeah. copy. Which, honestly, I should hold on to at this point, right? Yeah. You should hold on to it. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's there's about 100, and, 100, 100 or so of them floating around. Cool. It was it, what was all the ARCs that were sent out, and then the thing was never released. Yeah. Oh, man. So that was three years ago. And Ooh. this grew out of... This is... is like, that sort of prompted... I just kept working on it. Yeah, I kept working on it. It was supposed to come out. It got it got, uh, it got pulled. Was that tough for you, or was it kind of just eh, like move on? No, it's good. It was all right. I'm always working on something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, you know, this stuff is uh, it's not important anyway, really. Never honestly. Ends anyway. It's just, yeah, just the book. Just keep writing. You keep writing. Keep working on your projects, and mm-hmm. and uh, and who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? You never know. If you, you have 
you know, you have you have this thing happening that's very important to you, and then it uh, it falls through. Mm-hmm. It, it could all fall through. It doesn't really matter. Oh yeah, it's happening. How much of a teenager was written on your phone? Probably none of it. Really, I don't think I wrote any teenager on my phone. Really, are you writing those nervous breakdown essays on your phone? Yeah, it depends. I like the idea. I like thinking of you writing on your phone. Well, the, I'm I'm writing whatever. And those are whatever, daily, right? Whatever I'm around, yeah, uh, weekly, right? Weekly. I thought they were they're, they're weekly. The good luck, good, the good luck column is weekly. That's weekly. It's okay, weekly. okay, okay. I am writing them in Google Docs on my phone, on the laptop. Yeah. Uh, I'm writing a lot of them on the typewriter. Believe it or not. Oh, good for you. I'm, Fuck I'm, yeah. I was. I'm bad. I've been trying to learn how to type correctly. I've always had like a claw, horrible, crooked hand thing mm-hmm. I've done on a keyboard. Do you use all ten fingers when you? Now type? I do. You do now. Uh, yeah, I bought a typewriter. I learned. I learned how to use all ten fingers to not. You bought a typewriter to do that? Yes. Wow. wow. And it worked. Uh, to touch type, I'm, I'm to the point now where I can touch type, where I can look at a piece of paper and, and oh and just, shit, and type yeah, it that's, all out. that's next level. Because I need I need to be able to do that because I've been doing hey I've been writing my drafts in longhand. Mm-hmm. I've been working on um, I don't want to keep jumping around to projects here. No, nah, do it. But my new project I've it. been working on as I'm writing these. these but this columns, is like your process. Like you you're always working on like a million. I'm things. just trying to get better at what I'm doing, and I, I think to myself as, you know, if I'm going to be a writer, I should I should be a great uh, typist, too, because mm-hmm. why not? It's like playing the piano, and you should know how to play the piano well. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, I'm, if I'm going... As a piano player, I'm wondering what you mean by that. Or, you know, if you're just a it's, shitty piano player, and you're just going, do, do, do. Yeah, or you could just start writing longhand you know. and publishing that way, you know, just scanning like pages you can't find them together you know you can't <laughs> you can't but uh you can't you definitely can't but, my, but what Devin was talking about i'll get into a little bit of that what Devin was asking me about before was was writing on writing on the phone which uh has always served me well because it's just something i can i can pick out of my pocket and i can immediately just dive into sure. it yeah yeah and it's been fine exactly. and my willpower has been pretty great with not you know fucking around on my phone too much but you know what it is i mean I'm the type of person, even if I'm reading a great novel on my phone, I don't really enjoy it as much. For some reason, it's just like the the LED light glowing in my eyes. I hear. I think it's a ubiquitous opinion. Like I've I've never met someone. I've met people who are like, yeah, I I like my Kindle. But I've never met someone who's been like, wow, thank God I can read on a Kindle and not a a regular book anymore. Because God damn, that really sucked. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I've never heard anyone say that. But anyway, so what I was finding was, okay, so I'm spending all this time writing on my cell phone, which I still do and I have to do just because I need to get, I'm trying to get a lot of work done. And if I'm away from everything else and that's all I have, I'll do that. Yeah. But I thought to myself, well, what are some, what are some ways I can do to get away from, from the digital stuff and actually... I, I kind of wanted to do a test. I wanted to see how how my writing changed, if it got worse, if it got better, if it stayed the same, if I uh, did like a multi-retyping process hmm. for something. So I started doing that with a novel I've been working on for a while now, for like the last year, where I write it out. I've been I've been doing the first drafts of, the, of this particular novel on the typewriter. I type it out, mm-hmm. and then I uh, I retype it on the laptop, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I've with, just, the, with the pages, yeah, like right by you and yeah. stuff. So like I, that. I found actually that that retyping everything. By the time I'm done with that second draft, everything is so much farther along. Yeah. Then as if I just sit there and and piddle around with little drafts um, yeah. on the laptop. So like, when, yeah. like when I've done that's for a, years. and that's helpful. That's what I, I like a lot of. That's what I tell people. That's the only way I can revise anything. Uh-huh. So you guys, if I retype something, that's what because I was going to ask. I you can't guys, look at something that's on a screen uh-huh. and then stare and yeah. Stare at it and then um, figure out what yeah, to do. It's the same as true, like for uh, 
like even even my high school students like they we we often ask them to like revise essays that they wrote mm-hmm. and they'll do the you you say here's 30 minutes of class to revise this essay you wrote and then you just look at them and they're all staring at their like little laptops mm-hmm. and then i'm like okay then so i the next class i said i printed out all their essays and i oh, gave okay. them to cool. them yeah. and i said open up a new document uh-huh. like open up a blank page yeah start typing what you wrote yeah yeah. and then you're gonna start realizing oh i don't want it that way or whatever and it's and a part of that's because i think writing is is like this weird it's 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 part muscle memory too and like you have to be doing the thing to start thinking that way yeah you know like you have to be it's to me it's like the act of typing will be like oh my brain's like Oh, you're writing. <laughs> well, yeah. Because, like, I can't stare at and a screen and be like, brain, I'm brain writing works, now. Your brain yeah. works a lot faster than you can type as you're trying to compose, yeah. too. So, you, and so Have you guys ever tried, and this might only work for, like, shorter stuff, but uh-huh. have you guys ever tried to not even, it's like, you don't even print out that other thing. Uh-huh. You literally try to just rewrite it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, that's how a lot of rewrites happen, too. Yeah. And you, I, you I'll find just... that I, I, I write a lot of the same lines. And mm-hmm. it's amazing. Like, because yeah. I always think of myself as my memory being shit, like, you know, yeah. for various reasons. Probably brought upon myself. But, like, yeah. it, it really is amazing. I'll be like, wow, I just wrote that exact same thing. I thought you were going to yeah. say, have you ever tried? And then insert the drug that started uh, the thing. <laughs> <laughs> was it like, have you ever tried? <laughs> have you ever tried mescaline and writing it? Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> no, but, uh, I mean, the thing with... Um, all the different ways to revise or whatever they're just they're just they're just silly they're just silly and they all work um i had a different i had a different they really do they really do it's like when you know when you go to when they say if you if you're overweight and you're trying to get back into exercising anything works for the first 30 days yeah anything whatever you do if you're gonna walk walk. you're gonna lose some weight if you want to climb stairs for 30 days that's fine if you want to go to the actually do a full-blown workout routine Whatever it is, for the first 30 days, you're probably going to lose some weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So usually with a writing project, you can kind of think about it in the same way in the sense that you kind of need to pick something to do and hopefully uh, something that's just not stale. Mm-hmm. Something that's not stale for you yeah, that makes it, do it fun and strange and weird. Yes. Like uh, yes. I, I, two years ago, I hand wrote out a – this was part of the problem, my problem with having to learn how to type. This is where it came from too. I decided, well, I've never written a novel longhand, or I haven't done it since I was like 13, really tried to write something mm-hmm. long, uh, longhand. So I did that, and then I had all these little notebooks, uh, four of them, uh, full with like a novel I thought was great. But now I had the problem where I'm never going to fucking type that thing up, <laughs> yeah, ever. So I, I, I've, I've been trying to build myself up to learn how to... Learn how to retype these things and uh, uh, just trying to get better at it. And this has all been practice to work, finally get to that project, which will be uh, hopefully next year. I'll be doing that one. But uh, when did you write this thing longhand? When was it? That was, I believe, two years ago I wrote that and one. And so it's just, yeah. It's, so just, it's sitting just sitting there because there, yeah. I, have to, I had to learn, I had to build my skills up to be able to, to, to retype it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm approaching it. I'm trying to learn, I'm just trying to learn new things and I'm trying to keep, keep it fresh. and. Yeah. It's the same thing with reading. If you want to be a great writer, you got to be a great reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to read great books. You have to read great books widely. You know, mm-hmm. you, have, you, you keep read all. Anyone will tell you. And if you do that, it really doesn't matter what you do for a living and how you make your money and who you are, who sure. your mom and dad are. That's the great thing about writers too. It doesn't matter if you're a rich kid or a poor kid because mm-hmm. being a rich kid is not going to make you good. Mm-hmm. Being a poor kid is not going to make you good. Sure. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you got to put the work in for a long time. Mm-hmm. Probably, I still, probably I still imagine years. you just like writing. Uh, I will always everything you write. I just imagine you writing it on your phone. Well, over I certainly the GW am. Bridge, just like Paul Simon is playing. Uh, I certainly am. I certainly am writing a lot on my phone. Uh, still on my coffee breaks every day at work and my lunch breaks to try to. Is there any new Paul Simon done. out? 
Paul Simon, I, I, he has, I have such a bad taste in my mouth uh, about Paul Simon anymore because last year I, I got back into Bob Dylan real big. Oh, and no. uh, Uh-oh, Devin's... What, is that no, Devin's that's fine. I, I don't... Uh, you know, <laughs> I, re- I read Bob Dylan's Chronicles, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I was just getting more and more back into his music, listening to all his music, and I mean, he's, he's great, you know? He is great. But my problem with Paul Simon happened because I, I started reading... I, I fell down the wormhole of reading all the... The, the petty reasons why Paul Simon is jealous and hates Bob Dylan and mm-hmm. feels in competition with him. And I'm like, how can you feel in competition with that guy? Yeah. Paul Simon, you're not even in the ballpark. Yeah. Like, Bob Dylan's like the spokesman of his generation. You're just, you're just Paul Simon. <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel, you know? <laughs> Garfunkel's your competition, you know? You're just not Garfunkel. Yeah. I mean, you're, he was married to Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher was Garf- like... Art- Gar- no, Gar- Paul Simon. Pa- Paul I didn't Simon. know Paul Simon was wow. married to Carrie Fisher. He was married to Carrie Fisher, and Carrie Fisher was like, eh, Paul Simon, you're not even good enough to stay married to. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't she know just, who, who he thinks he is. She was thinking about compete. Bob Dylan. Yeah. Trying to compete with the spokesman of his generation. He can't yeah. even he can't even stay married to you know that, that great woman who, who was in Star Wars. Wow. Yeah. I think this is the... Wow. I think this is the longest diet. I hope he's I've listening to this right now. <laughs> you're out there, Paul Simon. <laughs> My favorite Bob Dylan story very quickly is that uh once he i read this in a book about woodstock and uh once he came down from woodstock to to sit for andy warhol to do one of those like uh you know a portrait yeah those like very typical andy warhol portraits and Mm -hmm. bob dylan didn't really like andy warhol and warhol never offered to pay him and so dylan sat for this portrait in like chelsea was Uh, that the like that was the thing like he would want to be paid isn't he making enough money well yeah i mean no but like he just never warhol like you should get paid for sitting for a portrait i guess yeah uh, i I, I didn't know i didn't know but then bob dylan just walked out and took one of warhol's (laughs) prints off the wall and it was like this like this like silver screened print of elvis presley that warhol had done Uh uh-huh and there's a picture of him. He like carries it over his head out the out the Chelsea studio. Puts on like a station wagon that he had driven from Woodstock with, <laughs> and puts it on top. And there's a picture of him with his friend. And there's like a hand reaching over out of the driver's seat and one out of the passenger seat, like holding the uh, the Elvis print. Elvis is like looking up into the sky. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. they drive away, and they put it up in like their Woodstock home and used it as like a dartboard for a long time. It was, <laughs> yeah. Like, beer stained and then the house that dylan was living in like uh, there was an estate sale and someone got it for like two thousand mm-hmm. dollars and then ended up selling it like 30 years later for, with like, the darts still in yeah it? with like dart holes like <laughs> smoke like ash rings like for like 250 grand wow. like for half a million for a quarter million dollars yeah, but yeah. that Amazing. image of dylan just driving away like fuck you and, <laughs> <laughs> and also like elvis just like, yeah, 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 yeah. i want to know i want to know like how he got that off the wall without anyone noticing i mean it's also about dylan uh, that was like at the height of his yeah <laughs> yeah you're not gonna stop him you're yeah just let, let him do a stupid thing wait you know they're like all right we'll just screen print another one let, let the yeah. dwarf go you know yeah <laughs> tiny man yeah it's fine go back to woodstock do station wagon yeah yeah they they, they had they had like a stack of, you know, twelve thousand of those Elvis prints. They didn't care about the uh, the one that Bob Dylan was taking. Yeah, you're Dylan like, bud. I like Bob Dylan. I think he's great. I like I like that he doesn't. Uh, I like that he I like that he just seems to have a really broken brain. He doesn't seem like a person. He seems like a cartoon character. I like, <laughs> I like that about him. You know what I mean? Like I love those. Um, there was that cartoon a few years uh, cartoon a few years ago about Danzig. Danzig was a cartoon. Did you guys, you guys ever no. see that? Mm-mm. 
I just love that idea. I always think of rock stars as cartoons. I think of writers that way too. I well, especially wow. after when when the like the addiction memoirs started rolling out from like everyone. Yeah, that's when I started to really look at rock stars as cartoons. I was like, Jesus. I just read. Just... I just read. A, I, I fell down the David Bowie rabbit hole and I read all about you know the Berlin years and the station to station. When he became, he was like, a, he had cocaine psychosis and, mm-hmm. and, you know, he was, he befriended Iggy Pop, who was institutionalized. He was a he, cartoon, yeah. Cartoon characters. I mean, Iggy Pop is, and oh, was, yeah. And actually never lived. He was yeah. Just, <laughs> that, I, just, I, yeah, I've seen Iggy Pop live. I got up on stage with him and he is made of leather. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> you know who's not a cartoon? Bruce fucking Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking, on a scale of Bob Dylan, on a scale of one to cartoon on a scale of cartoon to ten, Springsteen's a ten. Of cartoons or not? He, he, is, he is a cartoon. He's very. I much think a Dylan. Cartoon. And, I don't know. You know what it is? It's it's always these. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's like the the publicist turning into like a a character. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how are we gonna sell Bruce Springsteen? Oh, uh, he's a, a working. He's man. a working man. He's yeah. out of record deals since he was like. 17. I know. He's never <laughs> what kind of work did, What kind of work did he do? Just sat on the roof of his jersey. I mean, house. yes, but he, he carries his equipment from show yeah. to show, you know. Having a job is not something to celebrate either, though. I, you know, I hear I hear that a lot. People are with me all the time like, "Oh my god, it's so cool you have a job." It's like everybody I know has a job. I don't know what you talking. Every writer I know has a job. Yeah. It's just a silly, uh, a silly thing to focus on. Yeah, okay, unknown press. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah, unknown Let's, press was. A although, pro- although I, I, you know, I, I do just want to mention. I think it's so fucking cool that you're putting your book at Tyrant, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> like yeah. I think I like that's like to me for some reason I have this idea that like Tyrant to me is like the rock star of literary presses. You know. Yeah, I don't I know. Just, I really like them. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I they, 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 you know, the thing with them is they just put out um, books I really wanted to read. You know, a, a lot of presses I really like. You know, they just let me down one by one. Where I read more of their books, and I'm like, oh, you don't really have quality control. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you don't have yeah. quality because it's not that one, that one vision. Of, you know, tyrant, do you think it's tyrant is small enough, and the vision is right. so focused? Yeah, and, that's well, what we're I trying mean, to do. Well, and that's I, what we're trying to do. Yeah, and I, I think that that's honest. it's one of those things. That I think people ask too much of publishers in the sense too, where well, publishers grow out of their original vision yeah and it's like in the end a publisher should be one person or a group of people's vision for what they think i totally agree for what they think like art is and then the opinion dilute what you get and just because like it's that like it's that that's a cool thing and then if it works it works and if it doesn't it doesn't like you know like i i don't think what i like about tyrant is that you read a tyrant book and it's like this is a tyrant well i think like, they're still mm-hmm. on plan a exactly they're yeah. still they're still on plan a mm-hmm. my my problem with a lot of other publishers small press publishers that i i read enough of their books and and i, I kind of see oh this is where the press this is where this press that i used to like went to plan b and then oh this is plan c and d mm-hmm. and e and f and they just kept trying to change up what they were doing to try to fit with the times more whatever it is so yeah and that's that's the point that i think is important to clarify it's not about doing the same type of book every time that's not what you're saying it's 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 like sticking to a sort of like quality or you know yeah yeah, maybe listening to the public too much but uh anyway anyway unknown press yeah unknown press is um it's another interesting art project i've been doing for a little while and it started out Probably, I'm going to say, going on, might be going on 10 years now, um, where 
I haven't put out very many books. Um, I started out putting out anthologies where I was just, I was trying to read at, at, at certain lit mags uh, that I liked, good lit mags, but they wouldn't let me do it. So I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll just start putting out my own books, my own anthologies. And that's what I did. I put out calls for submissions and I got to meet a lot of different writers in the, the community and solicit some great people that I really admired. I admired their work and just by doing that, I got to, I got to talk to them and, and learn from them. Putting together these these anthologies was great because then I had the um, I kind of had the I was on the line a little bit where now I have to okay so I pick good writing but I have to learn how to design and lay out and mm -hmm. I, and I have to figure out how to you know even just doing the bare minimum of getting a book distributed and and doing the right thing you know learning how to send rejections which is the the part that you know people people forget about you know you got to send out rejections to some of your good friends even yeah that sucks uh, it doesn't suck it's just what it is you know uh, <laughs> i think it sucks it does not I suck. want everyone to be it happy. does not <laughs> suck to reject to, uh, you know you can reject your brother you should be able to reject anybody <laughs> yeah. yeah but so that's all it's been it was it's it's been an art project and it went from anthologies and then i started putting out other people's books and uh, that that was great. Poetry collection, short story collections, mostly. I think I've put out. I want to say I've only ever put out one novel. I think I, I think I only ever put out one novel. So it's mostly just been short story collections, poetry collections. Did some really interesting books that were just books I wanted to read, you know. And I I was lucky enough just living in New York City where I'd go to a great reading series and I would just see a, a great writer. Yep. Who was sure. half halfway undiscovered or just starting out. And they were in the mood to do small press book. Mm -hmm. You could tell. We just did that. We just we just saw someone. I yeah. saw I saw someone a couple months ago, and I was like, Yeah, yeah. you. Like, so it's good. it's <laughs> it's it's not a big deal, you know. If if someone's in the mood and understands the climate of doing a small press book, like you're you're gonna make a thousand dollars on this book, probably. Mm -hmm. You're probably gonna sell, you know, as a small press writer working with somebody like me on the bottom rungs of it, you might make a grand or two grand, or I hope you make more. Mm -hmm. I hope the book keeps selling for you and, you and you do more. Generally, what I would do is I would do all the design, layout, editing, put the book out, promote it. I would give the writers 100% um, of everything. And so I wasn't taking a cut on any of the profits. So all these books I've, I've, I've put out. Totally pro bono. Yeah, it was all pro bono. And, 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 and for most everybody, the, the money just went directly in, into their uh, accounts. I think Devin nice. is one of the sole examples of, I was trying, at, at this point, I was trying to make the press a little bit bigger. Uh -huh. And I was going to split it with him a little bit. He was the first experiment in this. Mm -hmm. And it didn't really work out with me getting the book out wider than I wanted to. So I wound up just giving him all the money. And, <laughs> but now every, I get royalties and I just I just give them all to Devin. Yeah, most everybody else they just they just get the money. I'm, right, I'm right filthy there. rich now. Well, yeah. you you are, you know, in, I think a, you, I in mean, your in your heart and soul. Yeah. <laughs> Ninety million dollars. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's been cool. It, it, it's ticking along. I mean, uh, I don't think I've done a book in going on two years now. It's been like a year and a half. Yeah, it's yeah. been a year and a half. Robert Vaughn was the last one I did. Yeah. Robert Vaughn, uh, Joanna Valente's book was one uh, was one of the last ones. Joanna. Is that the Jimenez sex and ghosts? And, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know how many more there are coming out. I know uh, Monica Lewis is 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 coming out, and then I don't have anything on the on the on the tables. But uh, the project isn't over. You know, things just uh, sometimes they work slow for a while. And, yeah. Yes. Is it, well, is it one of those things where you're not really just like making sure you get a book? Like you're kind of just like, oh, 
if I if I find the person, then I find the person. Well, a couple of years ago, I was I I did that thing again where I said, well, how can I focus more on the things I really really enjoy doing and and what I'm getting the most out of? And I thought maybe if I can just focus on my own work for a while, maybe it would help everybody in the long run. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it is doing that or not, but I've stopped helping other people the way I used to, and I've been focused on, yeah, on my own. Just meaner. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's if it's good or bad for me, but uh, that's what I'm doing now, and, and it's been great. The literary world is I crumbling how, without your help. I forget how Blood on Blood happened. Uh, did you ask me? I think you asked me. I think you asked me, but... I think you asked me. I think I asked you, maybe. We have to go back and investigate the... Uh, uh, I, I remember I was so excited when, when we started talking about doing it. It was great because me and you were like acquaintances. But I think doing that book, we became kind of friends because you came over to my house and we, we would sit in my house and, and do the book together. I've done that with a few people. Michael Gillen Maxwell. I, I did that with Michael Gillen Maxwell. Sure. I went up to his house, stayed up there for a few days. We did all the design and layout together. And he would just sit with me at the computer screen, move things around. Ray, Ray does a, a large part of the design. Ray does a large part of the design. Yeah, she does. Ray's sitting right over here. I put I put Ray designed by Ray Valerian in most of the books. Yeah, I don't know. Ray, do you have yeah. any, do, you, do you have anything to say about this? I do. I help sometimes. Ray helps all go. the time. Yeah. Okay, helps with everything. We've corroborated yeah. Bud's uh, Bud's statement. <laughs> are your nervous breakdown essays going to become? Are they part of something larger? Are they going? They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're part of something larger. It's it's gonna, gonna, I, mean, I, I imagine. Yeah. Imagine that's going to be called like fifty-two, and it's going to, you know. Yeah. yeah so the, are, they, are you going to make a book or what? Well, it's a novel. Uh, what you're reading. Oh, a, what what okay. you're reading is, for you know, it's the it's it's happening live. It's the first draft of a of a novel called Good Luck. Yeah, which is a really cool idea. Because the essays, the essays you're reading, uh, a lot of them are fictional essays. Mm-hmm. Um, that hurts because they're so. Well, you know what you know what it is. They come from you. They come. From, they're. Uh, but uh, but like I'm saying, some of uh, some of what you're reading is memoir. Yeah. Well, like F two fifty is a novel. Yeah. Some of what you're reading. Some of what you're reading is uh, is uh, nonfiction. But then you'll get to certain ones where it's clearly not true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like where where can where can people find this? Just you know because. Well, know, the, be, the people be, that are going to be listening. Yeah, where, the where best could, way to, the best way to find my work, I, I really am deleting my website. How come? Because it's too much trouble to, to keep up with everything. There's too much stuff. Yeah. So it's it's better just to have one a one page somewhere with just a catch all of links. My, okay. My best short stories, my best poems that are published. Sure. Links sure. to my novel. So uh, there's been this thing called neutral spaces. So if you go to my Twitter yeah. page, is that this is probably the best place? Just the link on my Twitter page, the neutral spaces. It's in the uh, it's in my bio. Mm. And you click on that, and that's got everything. It's just a catch-all, catch-all page, it. and that's the best place to find the, uh, the good luck, the good luck series. So I think we're up to the twenty-fifth one right now. Crazy. And yeah, so I mean, and that was that your idea or Joey's idea? That was Joey's idea. Joey asked me uh, if I'd mind writing something every week. Who's Joey? Uh, Joey Who's... Grantham. He's the editor of Nervous Breakdown right now. He's the head editor of Nervous Breakdown, but he also is the uh, co-editor of Disorder Press. Mm. Which is one of the, uh, in my opinion, uh, top dog small presses out there. Mm-hmm. It's like Wave Books, Tyrant Books, Disorder Press, New York Review of Books, if you want to call them small press. Mm-hmm. But Joey, Joey was just like, hey, uh, you know, he he took on he took on as editor, and 
And he's he's been reading submissions. He kind of got put on as editor to, to please make something happen at that website because it's been dead for yeah. so long. He's been doing really cool things. Yeah, he's been doing some great things. So he asked me to put something up there every week, uh, write a column every week. Because uh, he think he found out about my writing from when I used to do a column every two weeks at uh, uh, Real Pants. And that's what became a memoir, Work. Mm. Which Joey wound up actually being the editor of Work. So he's he's just integral working with me as an editor. So he's been he kind of he put he put he put the uh, the fire under me a little. Write these weekly pieces, and it's been cool because I've been I've been really working hard on these things. But I sent them to him, and he copy edits them on Tuesday night. Tuesday night he copy edits it, and it goes up on Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. And the only rule we have is we can't miss a Thursday. Sure. It has to go up sometime on Thursday. Nobody said we had to do this, but it's happening, and it's been it's been really great. Interesting. There may be 52 of them. There may be more. I started writing them in, because um, I, I have some of them that are negative one, negative two, negative three. Right, right, right. So who knows what we're really going to wind up with, but uh, at least 52. So, so for a lot of this shit that like comes up online, so like for example, you had work up online yeah. before it became work. <clears throat> How much of it is still like up there? Well, who knows? Because things you know. disappear all the time. Yeah. Like, um, you know, just the other day I was at a reading and I decided I was going to read uh, one of my, I think one of my best pieces to read at a reading. It's uh, Reviews of My Corner Bodega. Yeah. So I go I go, I go, go to the reading and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to read, I'm going to read this, I'm going to read this. I was in New Orleans. Don't tell me you looked it up on your phone and it wasn't there. It was, it's gone. And I was wow. like, oh, fuck. So that's another thing though I can send out so to, you know. Uh, Where was that a liter- Electric Cereal, I think it was. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So it's gone from there. Are they done? Or, uh, they, or I don't know. Or, I'm what? not sure. I'm not sure. Huh. I don't know what to deal with anybody. The reason I ask is just because, like, you know, people publishing essays and stuff online and, like, you know, maybe you get enough and you want to turn it into a book or something. Yeah. It's just a weird kind of process where it's out there for people to read or, like, you know, how do you know I what think, to put, I think it's know? cool. I think it's really cool to do a personal blog, which is gone mm-hmm. from the public consensus as writers think that, like, their shit needs to be polished and perfect. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great idea as a writer to have your messy, your messy first drafts as you work, you work your thoughts out in public, as close close to uh, having to happen in real time as possible. I see. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, you can read it later and judge. So oh, this person's not a master. No one's really. Very few examples. So it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. To yeah. me, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no one holds that shit in their head for that long. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think people think too highly of the fact that people are reading them as yeah and it's funny as much of like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly like, <laughs> well that's the other thing it's like so good luck now is on episode 25 and it is approaching ninety thousand words no one's no one's reading this thing anymore or they'll click on a random one you know, because I know I've read all of them. I've read maybe six, seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's that's the way it should be. You know, yeah. I, I'm I'm every week I'm fighting to to write something that I want to recapture people. The butterfly one is good. I, yeah. Sometimes I think, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to recapture uh, the attention of people who who maybe have lost interest in this thing because it's like, hey, what are they going to do? They're going to keep reading. They're going to read ninety thousand words. No. What, what I what I think is this thing is going to be. It's going to be a a 600-page book that you, that you a novel that's you sit down with it on a winter day and you, and you read some of it and that's what it is. You're not going to sit at the computer and read this whole thing. And yeah, if, sure. And if you do, I, 
I can point you to some better things to read online. <laughs> you, know? you should have that embedded like in yeah. the essay. It's like, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. finish this far, please stop. Click Redirect this over link. Here. This will take you somewhere great. <laughs> Okay, that's it for today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and review on whichever platform you're listening. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Animal Riot Press or through our website, AnimalRiotPress.com. This has been the 19th episode of the Animal Riot Podcast with your host, Brian Birnbaum, and featuring Bud Smith and Devin Kelly. Transcripts for our deaf and hard of hearing animals are provided by Jonathan Kay, and we are produced by me, Katie Rainey. See you later, you filthy animals. Belly.